Hello and welcome to the Gigi Noob episode three and a half. We are doing a mini-sode um, because I am playing Castlevania and then it'll probably take me two years to finish. So um, our mini-sode today is something that we're kind of stealing from Adam Todd Brown from Cracked. <laughs> Unpopular gaming opinions and obviously these are entirely Matthew's opinions because I'm not really a gamer. We're also going to play a fun little game. So the game is going to be that Matthew gives me a video game title and I have to describe basically what would be on the back of the case. Basically the summary, the plot, but I don't know. So I'm going to have to tell you what this game is about. What game are we doing for this game? The game that I am choosing is called Body Harvest. Body Harvest. Okay. This is, this is what Body Harvest is about. Body Harvest is set in an alternate universe where vegetables rule the world. And they eat people. And so they have to harvest humans to make, like, human salad and things like that. The vegetables rule. Like, you play a carrot and your name is Carrot Joe farmer carrot joe and you you plant different types of people like sometimes you want someone with a little more meat on their bones because they'll be tastier and basically like maybe it can be kind of like hangman where like you grow their arm and then there's words that's body harvest okay (laughs) that's not body harvest Body Harvest was a Nintendo 64 game that was released in 1998. Um, It was developed by DMA Design, who also made Space Station Silicon Valley, who later went on to make Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Um, The game is about a... Vegetables. Alien species that comes to Earth every 25 years. But they're vegetables. To harvest people. But they are vegetables, They are bugs. They are bug aliens. Hey, it's kind of something that we consider lesser. Yeah. I Um, mean, you know, something something that's not human. And you play We need bugs sometimes. Yeah, in sad places. (laughs) Like Uh, France. Yeah, snails. As cargo. Uh, You play a space marine who travels through time... And has to stop the aliens in 1916 Greece, 1941 Java, 1966 United States, and 1991 Siberia. I like my game better. I think you could be like, okay, I'm hungry for some Australians. Let's bury some Australians. (laughs) And then you're like, okay, um, let's make some gingers. Because ginger is good when your throat hurts. And for other ailments. Well, Body Harvest was a really good game. Okay. So, you should go back and play N64 games. Let's not. I'm already playing Castlevania, and I hate it. Which is the same time. This is actually a year after Castlevania came out, so... We're going to do some unpopular opinions with Matthew... I'm not going to say his last name. Matthew Gigi Newpod. (laughs) So, I have four topics here, and I feel that they start from less controversial to more controversial as I go down... So I think the first thing I'm going to start with, and, and then Kim, after I give my bit, Kim will chime in with her limited opinions. Whoa. As a woman. 
Um, Whoa. <laughs> so the first thing... Guess who is sleeping on the couch tonight? The first thing I'm going to do is something that I don't feel is as big of a deal as it used to be. I feel that developers are learning how to use these in a more proper way. It wasn't that long ago that these were being overused and it was one of the banes on the gaming community. People hated them up there with like escort missions and things that are universally hated. What are they? Quick time events are scenes, they're pretty much interactive cutscenes where in order for the cutscene to move forward you have to push a particular button or combination of buttons at the appropriate time. And then if you don't do that, the character will die or something will go wrong and the cutscene will not continue. If you do, the cutscene will continue as planned. When this was the first big game I can remember these, this being used in was in Resident Evil 4. And the big scene I think everybody remembers is the first Krauser fight, which is an extended cutscene between the main character and one of the main villains. And during the whole fight, they're talking to each other about how they used to work together and how they're, why they're now enemies. And I feel like that was a very important scene for the plot of the game. And if you had just watched it, you wouldn't be as engaged as you would be if you were pushing the buttons to jab with a knife or to block or dodge. But if you were to make it an actual fight, like the Krauser fight later in the game, um, you wouldn't be able to have all that dialogue. You wouldn't be able to have all that exposition. And so I think when used correctly, such as in Resident Evil 4, in God of War, all the execution animations were quick time events, and I think it made it more impressive to kill a Minotaur if there's a quick time event involved. And then more recently, Rise Son of Rome, where the final scene is a long series of quick time events showing the um, demise of the main character. And I think if you do not participate in that happening, it just feels like the game screwed you over. It However, just, uh, I think it was a little too much. Well, you were really tired at that point. And then on the other hand, there are games that come out, and the one that springs to mind for me is Darksiders 2, where I feel like it ought to have quick time events, and it doesn't. In Darksiders 2, you play Death Incarnate, and when you are fighting giant, huge bosses, and after you beat them, there's this cutscene of him becoming you know, the Reaper and chopping them into pieces and killing them in really brutal ways. When you just watch it happen after you did this boss fight... It's like, why did I just do all that boss fight to watch a cutscene of him doing what's really cool? If you made that a quick time event, I think it actually would have worked a lot better for that game. I can understand your argument there. Um, I can see where overused, they would be extremely annoying. But I think it does keep you engaged. And like, you know, basically older games, you know, you would see text of like the, the final fight, the boss or whatever would be like, saying things to you and you'd be reading them so you would get like a story while you were beating them up or whatever but now that it's moved to basically like movie like quality cutscenes, like when you're fighting it can't be like that because I mean it just can't because it can't you know figure out where we're going to be hitting it and all that kind of stuff there has to be cutscenes to deepen the storyline to make video games more than just fighting shit like that's one of the reasons I originally didn't like video games that much is just like I don't want to just shoot things and beat things up like that's 80% of most video games so like the cutscenes really give insight into the story it makes it deeper and so I think yeah if you are able to be a part of that cutscene you're not just watching a movie and feeling uninvolved I think something even like Dragon Age, like, I'm going to bring up a million times since I liked that game so much. Even just having text or something like that that moves along the cutscene, 
you know, you choose what to say and the villain responds to your choice. I think that's awesome too. And that keeps you engaged and that keeps you feeling like you're, you're really the person who is fighting the boss. So I think they can be a good thing if used well. And that's pretty much exactly where I stand is they're good when used right. I completely agree with you. Um, the next thing I want to talk Aww. about, next thing I want to talk about, and this is probably going to be pretty quick, is EA and other major publishers. EA has this weird bad rap in the community, the gaming community, where they are just not very well regarded, but they remain the most profitable and the largest publisher there is. And from a capitalistic standpoint, if they were that bad, they wouldn't be in that position. If they were as horrible as people make them out to be, Nintendo would be doing better than them, but they're not. EA is still the best. They have all the sports games. They have the sim games. They have all these different individual titles that are all very interesting. But the fact that they're the largest means that they're the largest target. If people have any issue with the way that video games are today, they're going to blame the big players in the game. And so EA is the biggest. They're the Walmart of video games. And as long as they are on top, they will continue to get all this hate. I like EA. I like Peggle. <laughs> I like Dragon Age. I like some of the sports games. You know, I think they're fun to play. I'm not really into them, but I think they're fun to play. I think EA puts out a lot of good titles. The people have voted them the worst company in the country multiple times over competitors like AT&T, who had to be stopped by the Justice Department for antitrust reasons, BP, who ruined an ecosystem for decades, and Bank of America, which caused the Second Great Depression in the United States. Like, those those companies lost out to EA as the worst company in America. And yeah. that's, that's a little that's biased. That's silly. Yeah. So, like I said, capitalism, the fact is, people will not buy bad games if they don't want bad games. When you look at other publishers that are going out of business, like Konami, which is pretty much out of business now, the people who make Castlevania, Bomberman, Metal Gear Solid, it's because the quality dropped. They stopped making the games people wanted, people stopped buying them, they went out of business. You look at Capcom which they killed Mega Man for no legitimate reason. Street Fighter's getting all this criticism. They are struggling because they are not doing what people want. EA continues to grow because they're doing what people want. They are only being attacked because they're a big target. Yeah, I think it's a little messed up that they have all the access to like the NFL and sports games. I will say that that's kind of Monopoly-like, and I don't like that. But I play The Sims, I also really enjoyed Dra Dragon Age, like I keep saying. But yeah, I play The Sims. I played Since The Sims 2, and I think The Sims 2 is probably the best. It's just so charming. Like, it's got so many, like, inside jokes. But I will say The Sims 3 and The Sims 4, they kept up those jokes. EA continued to make it charming, but they also tried to expand The Sims in certain ways to, to move them forward, to make them newer and to even you know kind of they tried to get people more involved in like a um, online gameplay experience which doesn't really quite work for the sims and so sometimes it backfired but sometimes it really worked they've done some nice things and also with like sim city the sims the last sim city i think was pretty awful because people just want a sandbox game where they can kind of play God, I think, and, like, make their city what they want. Where EA was like, okay, multiplayer, online gaming, this is the new thing, so let's make it very heavy on that. 
and people didn't like it. And But what I think is that at least they're trying these new things. Like Matthew said, these other companies are going out of business because they're not trying these new things. And people may not like it, people may bitch about them, but they'll probably fix it in the future because they want to make money. And everybody wants to make money. So I, I have to say... I like EA because I like The Sims. I mean, so... What do you need? Um, and that's a legitimate complaint saying they they try things that don't work. That's very true. But someone has to. You know, someone has to make these changes in the marketplace. And EA just happens to be the forefront of that. They're and so just they're saying, hey, these are typically not games that are online. But let's try it out. And it's not going to work. So they're probably not going to do it next time. And it didn't work. And yeah, and they already changed SimCity to make it not require it. So they learned their mistake. And hopefully the next time SimCity comes out, they'll know how to, how to fix it. My next thing, and this is still, even though it's been over 10 years since this practice started, there's still a lot of people I notice online complaining about it. Downloadable content. Which is... It, when a game comes out and a developer adds extra content to it for a price that you have to download separate from the game itself, I think DLC is a good thing. I think giving, and this is key, giving people the choice to download extra content in order to play the game is not a bad thing. Giving people more choices is never a bad thing. When you look at games like The Witcher which are already hundreds of hours when played properly. The Witcher, which are. <laughs> Having the choice to have these things, what you do, you buy because you want to, or you don't buy because you don't want to, doesn't hurt anybody. If you don't want to buy it, that's fine. If you do, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with people wanting to buy extra content. It's back to the capitalism thing. The good will be bought, the bad will not be bought, the bad will slowly disappear. A lot of the stupid DLC we've seen in the past is going away. And a lot of the new DLC that's coming out is quality DLC in the bigger games. You're still going to find smaller games that have weird DLC. But the big titles, you're going to have big expansions, lots of maps, lots of weapons, characters, all the things people want. And that's the way the games are going now. And and Matthew has made a good point to me before. You know, previously, if you had the computer game, you'd have to get an expansion pack. And this is kind of just the same thing. But we have the technology now that, you know, it's already on your system and we're just going to add to it. And then they also patch things now, too. So that's kind of a, just, just technology. Yeah, that's right. Like, there are games that people love from the past that have game-breaking bugs in them. But they did not have the technology to fix it, shy of releasing a new copy that you had to buy to make sure it was fixed. Now they can just patch it out. There's a lot of criticism as, oh, they should be able to bug test games before they came out. But there's bugs in other classic games from the past that were, like, fine with the bugs. We don't complain they didn't bug test. That's just how it was back then. Now we expect them to do it. And it's like, why shouldn't they have the option to fix it after the fact if they can? I think DLC is good. I think it's the good way for games to grow. And on top of that, games these days are the cheapest they've ever been when you look at the value of the dollar. And the reason that's possible is because of DLC. If games were being sold at the same sort of profit that they were back in like the NES days, they'd be $150 each. The fact that they're still $60 and then you have to pay $10 for an extra 10 hours of content, that's a pretty good deal. And I, I mean, I will say... 
I think if a game is taking advantage of DLC, if it's making it to where you can't really complete the game fully and have a full story and and enjoy the game without the DLC, I think that that's bullshit. Um, And I'm sure that's happened before. And I'm sure people have been burned by that. But I think most of the time that's not the case. As long as you have a full game and then there's additional, you know, parts of the game as DLC, that's fine. But if you don't have a full game without it, that to me would be problematic. And then there's things like The Sims where you can just buy, like, extra clothes, extra, you know, that's perfectly fine because... People people like that. People like updates. So, I mean, like I said, as long as you're able to have a full game without the DLC, that's all that matters. Indeed. And then my last point, this is going to probably be the most contentious point, is I just kind of want to talk about the three major players in the console industry. I'm not even going to touch PC. But when it comes to consoles, you have Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. I did not mean to rank those, but spoilers, that's how I rank is them. Is Sega not a thing anymore? Sega hasn't been a thing since the late 90s. <laughs> um, they still make games, but they do not make consoles. Huh. Microsoft is my preferred company to buy consoles from. That not... is an unpopular opinion, apparently. It, it is. Absolutely. Let's look at the sales. I never had an Xbox, but I did have a 360, and then I bought the one. And then in interest of full disclosure, I also had every Nintendo console except the Virtual Boy, and I had every Sony console. So I just am a consumer whore. You are. You always are like, I prefer this, I'm not buying the other one, and then you eventually buy the other one. When it comes to the Xbox One, it's my preferred console. It's the one I play a lot more. I use it almost every day. I prefer so much about it. I think the controller's better. I think Xbox Live is better. I think the fact that EA Access exists is better. I like the UI better. A lot of people dislike the Xbox One out of the gate because of this original vision that Microsoft had for it of being online, constantly online, having no disc games, which opens the possibility for a digital marketplace where people can buy and sell used licenses so people don't have, you can cut out GameStop and you don't have to have that markup. You can buy directly from the player and make money that way or trade. That was the possibility was opening up for persistent worlds and all these great ideas. And the public overwhelmingly said, no, we don't want that, albeit with more anger. They said, we don't want that. And Microsoft, 100% to their credit, said, we understand we won't do that. They immediately changed it. And the Xbox came out, and it's a very solid console with a lot of good qualities. But the thing about that original vision was they wanted to make the Xbox a PC. The PC is online all the time. It does not have physical games anymore. You still have to buy them digitally. All Xbox, Microsoft wanted to do with the Xbox was to make it a home PC for your living room. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing when you look at the what, how popular PC games are. So people threw a fit <laughs> about something they already owned. But because it was a different thing, not okay to them. And frankly, smart TVs are going to be the thing in the future. I think everyone is going to have a smart TV. And you may not even have a console. Your TV just may have an Xbox app, a Sony app, etc., etc. I think that's just the way of the future. Microsoft does computers. So I think that they just kind of know Microsoft and Apple. And I mean, Apple doesn't have a console. But I'm just saying, those are the people that kind of know how all of our entertainment's going to be fed to us. 
So I think smart TVs. I think consoles that do everything. And just just my opinion personally, um, I think the PlayStation 4 looks good. I think the Xbox One looks fine. Um, but I, I think the Xbox One is less clunky when you need to use like Netflix or something like that. But I went on to GameFAQs.com and I asked for some other opinions about consoles particularly if people preferred a Nintendo or Sony. Um, And here are a couple of reasons that I got that people preferred the other consoles. I wanted to play devil's advocate a little bit. Now, for Sony, pretty much everyone just said, we prefer the releases that Sony has, which is valid. I mean, if you like the games that are coming out on that console better than you like the Xbox games, that makes total sense. Um, a lot, apparently, you know, Sony releases a lot of Japanese RPGs and things like that, and just Japanese fighting games and things like that, and people who prefer those are going to prefer Sony, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, someone who liked Nintendo, um, told me that, you know, I mean, basically they just, I got the gist that, you know, these were iconic characters, you know, Mario, Kirby, things like that, they're never going to be on any other console. And those games are classic, and they're going to stay. So some people just love those games and want to keep playing them. And, and I mean, I you know, Matthew has talked about how Nintendo has kind of staled. But at the same time, when people think of video games, they think of Mario. So I think that that's one of the reasons people like Nintendo. And it's great for kids. Yeah, it's great for it definitely kids. is great for kids. I mean, those are both valid points. Sony is a Japanese company, so obviously they're going to have more Japanese games. But the thing is, Japanese games are very niche these days. JRPGs are not very popular anymore after Final Fantasy heyday. Um, fighting games, no one really cares except the people who really like them. So that doesn't really explain why the PlayStation is outsawing the Xbox like 10 to 1. Like, niche games are not selling these consoles to the average so consumer. So what is it? I have no answer to that. I think it's... Microsoft, I think this public backlash to Microsoft's vision was so intense that people just didn't want You don't think that it's the Japanese games? Not not, not to the scale that it's outselling the Xbox. Like, maybe if it were, like, the fact that if it were a smaller Maybe lead, with hardcore could... gamers, that's the reason, but with the general public... Maybe it's a marketing... I think it's marketing. I think it's yeah. marketing, and then, like, well, my gamer friend said get a PlayStation, so I'm going to get a PlayStation. I think it's a word-of-mouth thing. I think it's a marketing thing. That's true. I mean, that is... I remember on Facebook people just saying, I'm getting a PlayStation this year, and just being like, are you playing this? You know, get a PlayStation, you can play this with me. I saw that. Like, I remember seeing that, and, like, I think people on the forum were saying that, too. Like, you know, people sometimes get consoles because they want to play this platform game with their friends, so... I mean, yeah, that's definitely true. But, I mean, I, I'm still with Microsoft. I mean, I again, like I said, I own a PS4. I own the Xbox One. I once owned a Wii U. Don't anymore. Uh, and I'll get to that. He doesn't dislike any of them. I'm not a huge fan of Nintendo anymore, but I don't hate them. He um, has a Kirby t-shirt. I do love Kirby. That's, that's different. And that's the other thing about the characters is that they are iconic. The Nintendo canon is a lot more recognizable, a lot more history than anything anybody else has but the fact of the matter is is nintendo completely banks on that 
They say, oh, you like Mario? Well, here's Mario doing what Mario has done for the last 25 years. You like Zelda? Here's Link again. Right. Nothing they do is very original. They really rely on nostalgia. They did the Super Mario Galaxy series, which was a weird departure for Mario, and it was very popular. And the next game after Super Mario Galaxy 2, which was ranked as one of the greatest games of all time by many reviewers, they released the new Super Mario Brothers, which was a 2D side-scrolling exactly the same as the first game. That's the direction they took, is let's do what we did for 20 right. years. Um, the most recent Zelda game for the DS, A Link Between Worlds, is a really good game, but they relied on it being almost a remake of A Link to the Past. And I just can't I can't support that anymore. I can't support them making the same game over and over again and expecting people to buy it. Nintendo needs to change things. I think they're a little stuck in the past. Um, they don't really listen to the average consumer. They're still appealing to this niche market that they the want to At least the average American consumer. We can't really speak for the Japanese consumer, which well, yeah. they may be going towards. I mean, maybe. Maybe they'll become a Japanese-specific company, but they're still not selling very well anywhere. It's okay. just kind of how it is. Um, and then the, my last little point about Sony is that they have no idea how to market. The PlayStation Vita, which I think is probably the greatest handheld console of all time, proving I'm not biased, I do love the Vita, what it used to be. They killed it. They killed it dead. They gave up on it almost instantly. They had no idea how to market it. They said, we gave up on it. They actually came out and said, we're not doing that, anything with that anymore. And now all you can find out on their like, little girl touching simulators. Like, like It seems to be all it is. This is Which super is why I play the Vita a lot more now. And then when the PS4 came out, all they did was say... Look what we're not doing. Look at the Xbox, whatever you don't like about that. That's what we're not doing. They said nothing about what they are going to do. They don't. That was at E3, right? At E3, yes. Yeah. Um, and then, like, they don't really talk to their consumers much. They don't talk to their audience. You can go to xbox.com right now and you can look up where people have suggested ideas. And Microsoft has implemented these because they release monthly patches how to improve the Xbox. And I, I don't know which patch they're on now. It's got to be like 20. But Sony released their most recent patch, 3.6. They're on their 3.6 patch for a console that's been out two and a half years. Microsoft has released one every single month mm -hmm. since it came out. Because they, they're listening to feedback and they're trying to make it better for the consumer. Whereas Sony kind of steps back and says, we know what's best, trust us. And I can't agree with that kind of mindset. And, and you know, it's interesting. Sony has been like one of the biggest electronics providers for like, the last couple decades. Like, you know, you always had a Sony TV. You had a Walkman. Like, I I wonder if they're just kind of stuck, like, we're, we're, the, we're the shit, you know? And you, like, I thought Nintendo was more popular when I was a kid, but you were telling me actually PlayStation was. Because I had a Nintendo 64, and I didn't really play games that much, so, like, I just thought that that was it. But, like you said, PlayStations were massive. Sony has outsold Nintendo, except the Wii, Every single time they've released a console. Maybe they're just comfortable. Microsoft has always, you know, they've got Apple to contend with. Not in this arena, but in every other arena. So they, they're just, they have to fight all the time and they're always coming out with new things. It is interesting that in this arena, Microsoft is the scrappy upstart Microsoft. Right, <laughs> right. That's kind of ironic. But that's what I'm saying. I think that they always have to be scrappy because they're always, there's always someone else against them yeah so. that's true and what you're saying about sony is kind of like they used to be this big thing last fiscal year they had a two billion dollar loss they yeah. had to tell their shareholders that they lost money by investing in sony um and so that's the state of that company 
Whereas Microsoft continues and, to And, you know, money. if you if you have the money, like, if, if you're wasting money on stairholders, like, I just really feel like so you could have beams to hold up your stairs or whatever. Like, if you're paying people to hold up stairs for you, there's a problem. In any case, that's all I have on all that. Those are Matthew's unpopular I have opinions. plenty more where that came from, but he we does, to keep this but... Short. Um, they're racist and sexist. <laughs> racist. And I'm joking. He, he is not racist or sexist. I did avoid the ones that actually attacked people, though. I wanted to attack items instead. Yeah, we're not going to attack any people on this podcast. Not yet. Except in video games, where we're going to chop them up. So if you agree with me, if you disagree with me, honestly, I'd rather hear if you disagreed. Uh, you can email us. Yeah. You can... Talk to us on Twitter, on Give whatever. me more reasons to, like, be the devil's advocate if you're a Sony or a Nintendo fan. I'll do it for you. I will argue with Matthew. I will be your mouthpiece. So, yeah, just reach out to us. Give us whatever uh, thoughts you have. We'll appreciate them. And um, we are currently in the middle of recording for the next episode, which is Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which won on the poll overwhelmingly. And she is having so much fun with. I freaking hate it. <laughs> so this should, this one should be pretty fun. Okay. It shouldn't be fun at offering. <laughs> fun for everybody but listening to you suffer. Thank you for listening. Um, again, let us know. Twitter, our email, whatever. Let us know if you agree, disagree with these things. Let us know your opinions. Let us know some of your unpopular opinions. Like, unless they're, like, homophobic or something like that, racists. I mean, if if you just don't like a certain group of people based on the color of their skin or their religion or something like that, I don't want to know that. But if you have unpopular gaming opinions, please let us know. We'd be interested and maybe we'll read them on our next podcast. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, thank you for listening. Have a good night. Good night.